Hello, welcome to the Gaming and Marketing Podcast. I'm Jamin Warren, your host and founder of 256, a strategic consultancy that helps brands reach gamers as customers. Our clients' organizations often struggle with reaching this crucial audience with an authentic and natural voice that does not compromise the value of their brand. They want to find familiar customers in the world of gaming, but aren't sure where to start. We started this podcast to give you insight into why marketing to gamers is more important than ever. Our guest this episode is Doran Neer, CEO and co-founder of Stream Elements. With over a decade of experience in the games world, Doran brings together his expertise in digital game design, software development, and teaching in the development of his company, Stream Elements. It's pretty clear that a new generation of celebrities has risen from the world of game streaming and live content creation. But achieving this level of success doesn't come without intensive work, and we often don't see that. The title, Content Creator, combines the roles of performer, producer, editor, marketing, and community management all at once. Doran starts off by describing the Stream Elements platform and how it enables content creators, big or small, to do the work more easily. The one-liner on what Stream Elements is, it's a content creation engine for live video. And how I usually explain it is that when you're watching live video, whether it's a a sports broadcast or a newscast, there's a whole lot of production tools that come into play, inserting titles on screen and and switching between cameras and providing everything that is not essentially the person who's broadcasting at the moment. These systems are very, very expensive. When when you're talking about professional-grade production tools, you're talking about systems that start in the tens of thousands of dollars and that's what every tv studio and tv station Mm -hmm. has when you get to internet live broadcasting most of these creators start from their basement or their private room with zero resources uh, basically an internet connection a computer and maybe a camera and we bring them a, a set of software tools that add the production value and audience engagement features that they need to broadcast on platforms such as Twitch, YouTube, Mm. Facebook, uh, and Mixer. And these tools are really critical to engage with the audience in a meaningful way to appear like a more empathic content creator and actually to know what you're doing while you're broadcasting. Another analogy that I sometimes use is, you know, these guys that have an entire set of um, musical instruments on them You know, you have the drums on the back and you have the accordion on the front and the harmonica. So, you know, live video content creators are pretty much like that. They have to play a game, communicate with the audience, operate an entire broadcast and all at the same time. And we really provide them tools that help them focus their attention and seem like a better creator when they're doing those long live streams. And one of the most amazing things about, you know, live streamers and gaming content creators these are really some of the most hardworking mm. people in the entertainment business. They stream very long hours. The average successful streamer would broadcast anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week. Yeah. And, and they're doing that fully focused, engaging with their audience, not losing their cool at all times. It's really, really hard. And I, you know, I'm just an admiration of these guys. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the life cycle, how someone gets into the uh, the streaming space. So it's interesting because uh, I have an 11-year-old boy that's actually making his first strides in this area. 
and I get to see firsthand what it looks like from a very, very young age. Yeah. It basically starts with him wanting to stream and then getting a very basic setup of a gaming computer, an internet connection, maybe mm. a camera and a good microphone so that he can connect with the audience. And then it's basically go live, zero viewers, go live, zero viewers, go live, zero viewers. At the same time, you know, you're playing multiplayer games. You're starting to make some connections in the gaming community. You start getting to know people. You watch other creators. And so now you have 30 followers. And when you go live, 30 right. people get a notification that you're going live. And some of them are going to come and check you out. And you continue going live. And now it's not zero viewers. It's two viewers, maybe three viewers, right. maybe four. And... Essentially, this is how you start. And you can go on for years with, I would say, under 50, under 100 concurrent viewers yeah. on these streams. And it's really just about you connecting with some friends. It's more of a social hangout than it is real content creation and broadcast. Uh, slowly, as you become better at the game and as you you know connect to people more, you become entertaining and you actually start attracting an audience. And for some people, it could be something viral that explodes on social media. It could be just a raid or a host that you're getting from another top creator that basically give you a bunch of viewers and they check you out. But through these connections, through these incidents, you slowly grow right. until at some point you already have a sustainable audience. It sounds a lot like... Um... Like comedy clubs, you know, like you go out and do the circuit in front of like tiny audiences or tell a joke to one person. And that's how you practice, practice, practice. Um, I, I think it's really, you know, a lot of entertainment, a lot of performing is about that. You know, it's not like Seinfeld had a hit show and that was it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, about, about 10 years before he had a hit show, he had his first Johnny Carson appearance. Right. And before that, he spent about 15 years in shitty clubs and, you know, touring the country, just getting his act together and becoming good. Yeah. So for your son, it's interesting because it's an interesting question about audience and who your audience is, right? On the one hand, you want to create content that's going to be compelling for, you know, initially a small circuit of people. But then there's also this element of wanting more popular people to notice you as well. Like, what have you seen? I mean, interesting with your son as a lens. How do you thread that needle between like explicitly trying to get someone with a much bigger audience to give you a cosign versus doing something that's going to be authentic and original for the audience that you already have? I think um, when you're an 11-year-old, you really just want to play well. He's a Fortnite player. And for him, it's all about competitive gameplay. How, do we get, how does he get to a higher division? I see that over time in the last six months, he started to understand that human connection is important. Mm. And I see that when people watch his stream, he starts talking to them more, responding to everything in chat. Yeah. And, and on the other hand, while he's not broadcasting, consuming a lot of content from mm. other creators on how to be better. Yeah. 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 And, I, yeah. and it's always about the same thing. It's about the <laughs> entertainment value of your stream, meaning the games you play and the quality that you play them and the added layer of entertainment that you bring and the human connection. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to live streaming, I always say, instead of imagining that this is somebody performing on stage, imagine that this is somebody that is running a club. Yeah. And the club is playing music, but it's also facilitating a lot of human interactions. It's not just passive viewership. 
And the better you are at making people have a good time while watching your stream, the more successful you're going to be. Yeah. The biggest channels are not the ones that are most entertaining, but the ones that have the best communities. And that's mm. a huge difference. Yeah, that, that that's a great point. H have there been any like engagement best practices or tips and tricks that you've seen has worked have worked really well? Absolutely. So I'll start and say that when it comes to content creation, I think that the thing that is most important is persistence. Unfortunately, persistence is not enough, but it's the most important. I don't know any single content creator that would get to where they are without persistence. Then it's about listening to your community and connecting with your community. And that's really first and foremost, a human thing, you know, just have a conversation, mm -hmm. be interested in other people, share your life, share your thoughts, be open to criticism. When it comes to stream elements, the functionalities that we provide as part of our content creation engine is really divided into three categories. The first two are for everyone. And one of them is really for the more successful tier. So the first one is what we call production value. It means uh, motion graphics for your stream, you know, starting scene, opening scene. If you go on a break in the middle of the scene, so have something nice to put on the screen, be right back. And everything that has to do with alerts popping on the screen. If you're a small creator and somebody follows your channel, it would be nice to pop an alert on screen that says, Jamin just followed the channel. And then the creator has the opportunity to say, hey, Jamin, thank you for watching the channel. And I hope to see you again next time. Later on, as you become more successful and instead of followers, you start to see subscribers or different types of support, that actually becomes a way to thank people for supporting the stream and actually make money, whether it's for merchandising, subscriptions, direct donations, right. or brand sponsorships. The other category of tools that we provide are things which we call audience engagement mechanisms. And the most popular one is the loyalty point system, which essentially enables you to give frequent watcher points or you know dollars or any kind of funny money yeah. that you want to give out to your audience for watching the stream and it usually starts with something like every 10 minutes you get you know 10 points right uh then the audience while playing can use these points to activate various things on the stream they can pop graphics on the stream right. they can play mini games with the other uh, viewers on chat they can redeem perks in a perk store that the creator is setting up and those perks could range anything from, you know, we have one music creator uh, whose perk store is all around dedicating songs. Uh, so if you want to get a happy birthday song on your birthday, then you redeem those points. So it's very, very versatile. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the opportunities, like if you're, you know, a sponsor or looking to get involved um, in this ecosystem with Stream Elements, what are some, what are some places that you might recommend they go? So I think um, if you're a brand and you're looking at this entire beautiful community and, and cultural movement of gaming and gaming content creators, the best way to get connected to it is with the content creators themselves. Because at the end of the day, when somebody watches a channel, they're watching a, a content creator, they're listening to a content creator. These individuals, you know, entertainers, artists have massive influencer uh, ship on their audience and therefore connecting with them directly is the best way to do it and the place where we can help is really number one find the best creators for a specific brand 
So if you are a brand that wants, you know, adult audiences in the East Coast or people that are interested in cars or collectibles or, you know, casino games, there's always an audience that you need to find. And yeah. if you work with the wrong influencers, if you just work with the top ones because they have the best numbers, <laughs> you are bound to get really poor ROI on your marketing yeah. budgets. However, if you carefully curate the most engaged communities that fit the audience you're trying to reach or the customer base you're trying to reach, you can get amazing ROI and you will get partnership from these creators like no other media outlet you can imagine. Yeah, And I think we see ourselves more like guides that can help brands steer through this jungle of, you know, massive amount of content creators. Yeah. And this is a very innovative area for brands because, you know, think about it. Originally, if you were a brand in a specific city in America, you probably had, you know, 50 years ago, you probably had five or six media outlets that you can put money in. And then it grew into 200 because you had TV stations and radio stations and cable stations, but it never got to tens of thousands. And finding the right audience for your product in an ecosystem of tens of thousands of creators could be very intimidating and can lead to very bad results that will basically, you know, make a lot of brands say, yeah, yeah, we're not going to touch that. We did some tests. It was horrible. We didn't get good results. We got screwed by an agency. I don't know what. But we're not doing that again. We're just yeah. going with the safe route of TV ads where we know how to spend our money. Yeah. Don't yeah. do it. This is a space that is growing every single day. You know, just in the last month over COVID, we've seen viewership of live streaming and gaming content grow by almost 70%, mm -hmm. which is unbelievable. Yeah. And brands really have to invest the time and effort to learn this space, understand how to operate in it and how to deploy budgets in it because it can deliver tremendous ROI. Yeah, I, I think sometimes there's this perception with brands that you can just like jump in and do your thing and you'll get great results as opposed to making this like longer term commitment that requires like research. I mean, I think for so many streamers, they've had, you know, I hear this from streamers too, is like they've had bad experiences with brands that don't understand what they do or are asking them to do things that are inauthentic for their audience or... And I think, you know, adding on top of that, the way content creators engage with brands is also very important. I think if you got to the point where you already have an engaged audience that's supporting you with subscribers, that's supporting you with uh, donations, there's sometimes a notion that if you go and work with brands, you're a sellout. We see mm -hmm. a lot of that in chat. You're yeah. a sellout, you're a sellout. But at the end of the day, working with brands is a great way to make a living without actually taking money from the audience itself. Yeah. Um, yeah but it requires a certain level of brand safety and responsibility. And from our perspective, because we care about this ecosystem so much, the role of mitigating and, and just you know conveying the right expectations to the brand and to the creator is really what we're doing in, with regards to brands in this space. Everybody who was relying on, you know, billboards and conferences and various events that happen in a physical uh, area, all sports sponsorships are frozen right now. All concert sponsorships are frozen right now. And it's all moving to a digital landscape. So I think it's really going to have an enormous impact on pushing brands and advertisers to the digital domain. Yeah. And then within the digital domain, 
it's going to get divided, you know, based on the audience that you're trying to look for. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's a great observation. Um, last thing I want to ask you about was just like the audience. Can you tell me a little bit about like what the audience for stream elements kind of looks like? And I think from like a consumption standpoint, maybe how they might be different from other types of content creators. Obviously, they're literate across a wide variety of forms, but I'm just curious about how you find the, you know, the streamer's personality or, you know, psychographics might be different from, you know, another type of content creator. So an interesting thing about uh, Western live streaming platforms is that we associate a lot of live streaming with gaming content. And when you look at China, Japan, that is not the case. Live streaming in those areas is primarily mobile. And I would say that gaming is definitely a decent portion of it, but not a dominant portion of it. Most of it is just about social connection. So what we call IRL or just chatting or all these names, which essentially mean I'm connecting with my audience via live stream. In the West, on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Mixer, live streaming is, in a lot of senses, associated with gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, the audience is predominantly male. You know, people talking about gaming content being consumed by 85% male. Mm-hmm. And the audience is anywhere between 15, maybe even younger, to 35, 40. Mm-hmm. I think I'm in the higher edge of the spectrum <laughs> being in the mid 40s right yeah. now. But the thing is that it's expanding. What I've seen in the past couple of months is that live streaming is now happening with a lot of musicians who don't have places yep. to perform yeah. and therefore they're doing live streams with a lot of journalists that use live streams to do Q&A and just report directly to their audience with a lot of politicians and statesmen yeah. who use live streaming to connect with their communities. And I'm sure we're going to see this expand to additional walks of life, whether it's fitness or anywhere where people are going to be a little bit concerned to gather together and will use digital mediums instead. As far as gaming content is concerned, this is, you know, what I said, it's geeks, it's gamers, it's male, mostly it's, you know, under 35, mostly, but then it really differs on the game. The people that watch Destiny are different from the people that watch Fortnite and are yeah, very absolutely. different from the people that watch you know, Animal Crossing. You have within of the vast cultural landscape of video games, you have uh, the more adults and the more mature and, they have, and you have the younger. You have the toxic and you have the friendly. That's why you need to understand a much higher level of resolution than just saying gaming yeah, or, yeah. or live streaming. You know, it's like saying, what's on TV? Well, there's a whole a whole lot of stuff on TV. What do you want to watch? <laughs> no, that's, that's 100% true. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. This was an awesome conversation. Thank you, Jamie. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. This podcast is produced by me and with help from Anthony Martinez and Lynn Raffle with music by Lucene. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and colleagues and leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen. I'd also love to hear from you. You can find me, Jamin Warren, on Twitter at J-A-M-I-N-W-A-R. You can also find 256, that's spelled out, on Twitter at 256podcast.co, where you can sign up for our newsletter. Thanks so much and take care.